Welcome to the Accelerator Podcast, covering the church and church planning in the South. Accelerator is a resource of the 242 Network, the church planning arm of the Mississippi Baptist Convention. The 242 Network exists to assess, train, and support church planners. In each podcast, we will interview church planners and pastors around the South to gain knowledge and insight into ministry to further God's kingdom and church. And now, with your host, Ryan Tillman, we welcome you to the Accelerator Podcast. Welcome to the Accelerator Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Brian Tillman, and uh, today I am interviewing the pastor of Longview Heights Baptist Church in Olive Branch, Mississippi, uh, Witt Lewis. Uh, Witt, good afternoon. Good to talk with you. Hey, Brian, I appreciate this uh, this opportunity and uh, appreciate just the uh, the fellowship, my man. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Wit, will you uh, just take a few moments and share with our listeners um, about you, about your family, and uh, maybe even uh, the road to uh, Longview Heights uh, ministry-wise? Absolutely. Well, you just made me nervous because you just mentioned to me, you said listeners, and you had mentioned to me before that no one listens to this, and so now I'm, uh, I'm quite nervous uh, on this. Well, but I will try to do the- we're we're trying to get the word out, maybe get a <laughs> to uh, to to listen to the interviews. Yeah, I, absolutely. Yeah, I have uh, I've had the great privilege of being in ministry uh, for the last nineteen years. Uh, started off in uh, student ministry uh, for nearly seven years, and to be honest with you, Brian, thought I would be uh, a lifer uh, when it came to to student ministry because, as I tell people, uh, I got paid to act like a kid. Yeah, and, um, I'm I'm good at that. I'm still good uh, at that, and uh, about 2006, I began my first pastorate in a uh, wonderful, wonderful church outside of Neshoba County and uh, Spring Creek Baptist Church. We moved from there to Waynesboro, uh, spent some time down in Waynesboro, Mississippi, and then spent a lot of healthy, beautiful, wonderful time in New Albany, Mississippi at a uh, It's a fantastic church at Hillcrest Baptist Church. Uh, And this past December, uh, moved up here to uh, Longview Heights, following a guy that has been faithfully leading uh, this church uh, for the last 25 years. And so uh, my main goal right now is to not mess it up. Uh, So that's what I've been been trying to to do. Uh, Married to a beautiful, beautiful uh, Leanne. We'll be celebrating 15 years uh, this coming August, three uh, children, which is why I have uh, lots of gray hair, uh, if you will. But uh, Harrison is six. Jack Whitten will be four pretty soon. And Anley just turned two. And uh, so our, our kids keep us busy. Our kids, all three, are uh, adopted domestically. And uh, that's been a really, really neat uh, opportunity to just kind of see uh, the adoption world, to be a part of the adoption world, and uh, just to see all that goes in there, and really just to see Galatians 4 uh, come come to, to life, so to speak, right before our eyes. So, uh, man, that's uh, me in a nutshell and our crew. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you for uh, for that. And uh, 
Um, appreciate you uh, joining us today for the uh, for the podcast. Yeah, I've uh, got a few questions for you. Just want you to uh, share experience, share some uh, some wisdom um, in ministry, and uh, and uh, look forward to that. Uh, the first question that I have for you is: uh, You are now a uh, pastor of new church, different yeah. church. You got a, a new staff. Uh, that uh, you are now leading and uh, trying to, to cast vision with them and, and move them forward to get on the same page. Uh, how's that gone? And, uh, and tell me what, what, what you are doing to uh, kind of put your stamp on the staff itself and the vision that you've got uh, moving Longview yeah. Heights forward. Yeah. You know, the, the blessing of moving here to Longview Heights is that uh, have already had an established wonderful staff. Uh, many of them have been here. Uh, these guys have been here for uh, several years, which uh, has, has been a blessing in the fact that since we've come on and just really their heart uh, to the core is that they've wanted me to look good. They, they've wanted to uh, to make sure that, um, you know, basically I was aware or I knew or uh, I was brought into the fold. And so, man, they, uh, I've shared it several times, they've been put stuff on a tee. They just set the ball up on a tee for me several times. And my goal is just not to miss. Uh, I have missed and I will continue to miss, but the staff has been uh, wonderful in, uh, in that regard, very uh, accepting, if you will. And uh, just, uh, you know, trying to really just trying to figure me out. And you, you kind of imagine they've been following this guy for 25 years, Dr. Wayne Marshall been here for 25 years. And now, here comes a new guy on staff that they don't know. I didn't work with any uh, of these uh, of the previous staff or the staff that is here. Uh, and so you can imagine what's going on in their mind of uh, what they've been used to, kind of what uh, they, they know and now what's going to happen. So really, uh, for me, my mentality has been just to uh, build trust, uh, really. And, and that's been it, to build trust to, for them to get to know me. Uh, for for them just to get to know me as wit, not even really me as the the, the preacher, uh, but just to know me as as, as wit. And uh, uh, so I remember that you know just coming in, uh, maybe the first week or second week, just had all of each one of my staff members just kind of uh, take the next three days, and I just called each of them in the office, and we just sat down for a little laid back uh, opportunity just for me to get to know them. Uh, get to know their names and their families and uh, didn't even ask any church questions, any staff related questions, just to get to know them and share a little bit about me. I really just want them to, uh, to, to trust me, to feel comfortable uh, with me and whatever concern maybe they're or their best interest in mind uh, when we start um, you know, looking at some adjustments down the road. Uh, as far as putting our stamp uh, on things is, is I, I'm, my leadership style, if you will, is, is a team approach. I, I do better uh, in team uh, approaches. And so really, uh, I have been, as we've sat down, uh, we've all been a part of the process. We start thinking about vision. We start thinking about direction. We start thinking about really just who we are and where we're going. Uh, this has not been sort of a top-down sort of, all right, this is it. It's really been a shared uh, responsibility where each and every one of us have been able to throw out some things, to chew on some things. Um, because I did, I've learned that uh, people get excited or they get behind what they uh, help create. 
you know, if they help be a part of it, then, or feel like their voice is, is heard or they have some influence on it, um, they seem to get much more excited about it. So that's really what it is, just uh, uh, really getting comfortable with each other and uh, really just allowing them not just to serve outside their job description and to be a part of, uh, uh, of all of it and, and have sort of that team approach. So you talk about a team approach, um, and I, I'm, I'm hearing you from that, uh, that, that definitely from you, you and your staff. Yeah. Um, I've always been told or I've always heard that uh, there's kind of two ways a new pastor comes into a church. He either comes mm-hmm. in with a bulldozer and from day one, he's like, hey, we got to change all of this and, and I'm driving it. And or the other way of, hey, I just want to sit back and I want to see what's happening, get to know everybody and then start to, to tweak and and put my vision or, or my changes to it. Uh, yeah. What would you say with, with, uh, would be your style and maybe a pro or a con from, from looking at it. Maybe you've done it both ways at different places. You know, uh, a bulldozer is not my personality. Uh, that That's not my personality at all. That's not the way God uh, has wired me. Um, and so set your, your second descriptor of uh, getting to know the people, kind of getting to know the context, the, the lay of the land, you know, the culture uh, and, and the history and just, getting to have genuine relationships with those uh, around us has really been my style. And we've already started kind of making a, you know, thinking through some staff uh, realignment and, and bringing some of those in and even asking them, Hey, what do you think about this? This is what I see, but you know, what do you see? And because again, that whole idea, I want them to have input uh, in on it. I want them to be able to have voice to it because I'm convinced again, if they have voice to it, they, they want to accept it more or need them get more uh, excited or get, more creative to get behind it because they feel like they've had part ownership um, within that. Uh, you know, pros and cons, I, I, I don't know. I would just say um, probably for for a pro, I would hope that it would be, you know, sort of a loyalty factor or a um, uh, shepherd factor. Hey, I can go to war with this guy because I know his heart. I know that he, he genuinely loves me and he wants to know about me and my family and not just what I do for the church, but who I am as a, as a person. And so uh, that would be what I would hope. Uh, I, I will say probably a con sometimes is uh, maybe wait too long to make a decision that should have been made uh, before. Um, you know, th- those things can happen you know, from time to time. Or sometimes we think that, hey, I can make this this work when we get down the road and realize, no, and probably will never work from the get-go. I, I totally uh, understand. Been a part of both of those aspects, and and uh, you know, I, I think uh, my personality is toward that uh, second way as well. Mm-hmm. But uh, I can also look back and like some key leaders in one of the churches that I pastored, like, hey, you yeah. should have done that six weeks in and not yeah. two and a half years in. It would have yeah. gone over a lot smoother, and so I see that as yeah. Well. yeah. Uh, so today there is a number of buzzwords that uh, are in the church world, so to speak. And one of those is leadership. Mm-hmm. And um, so talk to me, talk to me about your philosophy of leadership uh, with, mm-hmm. with staff. You've talked mm-hmm. a little bit, but, but maybe even, even go into uh, uh, some past ministries uh, areas since this is a new one and talk yeah. Led volunteers. Mm-hmm. How you led the the layperson in different areas, possibly? Yeah. Uh, obviously, we know any church you go into, uh, each context is different, right? 
Uh, yeah. There's there some churches you go into, you know that, hey, there's some things we need to do immediately uh, in order to get uh, on healthy ground or solid ground. And then, you know, there's some context you go into that you can take your time and really um, smell the gunpowder um, and to really understand what's going on. And um, so, so for here, it's been really that second approach. You know, again, I mentioned following Dr. Wayne Marshall for you know, a guy, a, a faithful pastor for, for 25 years. And so coming in and trying to, you know, bulldoze, if you will, or uh, make, you know, changes. And I don't use the word changes. I use the word adjustments. Uh, I, I'm a big key, you know, I'm a big language uh, changes culture. And so I'm a big uh, um, proponent of that, if you will. And so I know when say changes and people automatically throw up, you know, many people kind of get a defense mechanism. And so if you say adjustments, uh, they may listen to two more words before, <laughs> you know, they shut you all. But uh, it just seems to, to go a little bit better. But um, and then so for me, coming into here for the church and just like we did with the staff is, uh, you know, they, I want them to know me. I want them to trust me. I want them to feel like they can uh, trust me. And so we've taken a slow, methodical, uh, really a, approach for, for this year. Um, intentionally just trying to get to know people, but really for them to know uh, us and to, uh, to feel like they can again, uh, that I can shepherd and, and, and be their pastor. That'll still take time and that, that still takes relationships. But, um, you know, I think just following this guys, I just want folks to know they could, uh, um, hey, here, here's somebody that I know cares for us. He, he's gotten to know us. Um, you know, one of the deals we go to, we go to a different Sunday school class every Sunday and uh, just, you know, play a little icebreaker game, fellowship game so that, and it's just me and that Sunday school class, or me and my wife in that Sunday school class. And so because I know they want to make connections to us and we want to make connections to our church family. And uh, sometimes Sunday, that's difficult because it's just large group, lots of folks coming through and drinking out of a fire hydrant. And so, so really trying to be intentional with, with trust and comfort. And uh, because I'm convinced, again, if they, they know, you know, the old adage, that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so I'm, I'm convinced that when folks feel comfortable with you, feel like, hey, I know he has the best in mind, then they'll, they'll go to war with you. You know, they'll go to battle with you. And so I've seen a lot of that. And you go talk about volunteers. You know, we've seen a lot of that as well. But I will say this. I think the greatest thing that we can do to inspire and encourage our volunteers is, number one, share the why, not just the what. You know, we what we want you to do. You know, they get that each and every day. But why? What, what's the why uh, here? Why, why is, is this important? Or why should I give my time to this? Or why should I uh, make an effort for this? And two is be able to not only speak to the why, but why their giftedness uh, would help them be successful in this. You know, whether you're, you know, looking, recruiting someone to, to teach or, you know, leading someone to um, on the mission field or anything along those lines of, you know, help them see what they may not recognize in themselves. Uh, help them see a, a gift in this that they may not have ever even thought about themselves. And so when you speak that into them and they trust you and they're comfortable with you and they know that you're not going to just, you know, jerk the rug off from under them, uh, they're willing, uh, it's been my experience, uh, they're willing to take uh, a greater chance or to do something they didn't think they could do because one, you've shared not just the what, but the why and also the how, if you will, how their giftedness will be successful. Uh, in this. So again, I think it just comes back to a lot of 
you know, a shepherding and uh, encouraging um, atmosphere and comfortable atmosphere. Uh, listeners, uh, when you uh, listen to that, that is some uh, great stuff, some gold there, and uh, so vital. Um, I even uh, wrote down some notes there, Wit, that I <laughs> when, uh, yeah. when I see you next time to yeah. put that on my wall and frame that. That's awesome. That's yeah. good stuff. Good stuff. What do you... Uh, what do you see? I mean, you're walking into this uh, this pastorate um, five months, six months in, and uh, know you've been dealing with with them uh, for a uh, a little while in that whole process of of coming on board. But what do you see as um, your role, your primary role as pastor? I mean, uh, Longview Heights is a uh, is a, a larger church, um, yeah. a, a large church in Mississippi. Um, I would say mega church in Mississippi, but, uh, but, uh, it's a larger church in, in, in our area. Uh, and what, what would you say your primary role is as pastor? I'm quickly realizing that, um, again, East church has its own context. East church has its own culture and that East church must be led differently. Um, that, that, I will not be able to lead exactly this church, Longview Heights, like I've led other churches that God allowed me to be a part of, uh, and, and that's okay. Uh, the beauty is uh, surrounding myself with folks that are, you know, empowering other folks, delegating uh, opportunities to other folks, equipping uh, those to do the ministry around us um, as well, and so you know, helping develop leaders around us. So, when I think about you know. My primary role as, as pastor, again, this doesn't change context to context. These are things that stay the same is, is to shepherd, to lead, to feed, to guide um, those and, and really just a path of spiritual growth, um, intentional spiritual growth to, to plug that out there, but also uh, in service. Um, and so to really, I, my goal and my desire is to help people take a, that next step or uh, to help guide them to a, a place that they've never been in their spiritual walk. And uh, so that takes shepherding. That takes some, um, hey, to be honest with you, that takes some cheerleading and uh, that takes some, uh, some, some guiding and, and leading and, and really just again, feeding those. So, uh, so preaching the word, uh, shepherding the people, uh, being a champion of the culture, uh, those are, are things that uh, that no one else can do uh, but me. We can delegate other tasks, uh, but those are, have to be things that the, the pastor must be intentionally doing. That, that's uh, good stuff uh, right there. I know that uh, one of your um, areas that you are passionate about is discipleship. Yeah. yeah, and, yeah. Um, uh, I actually saw your story, your face, um, <laughs> Uh, with Robbie Gallaty uh, up on the big screen at one of his uh, national conferences on uh, discipleship and D groups. And um, uh, looking back, I think that was like the first time I ever saw you You (laughs) in, uh, in Nashville. And so uh, talk to us about um, discipleship, uh, why you might think that it is important, why it is important and uh, just kind of your, uh, your love of that and how, how you came to that. Uh, so let me give a little bit of context um, uh, to, to that. And so, yes, you are right. Uh, discipleship has been just a, really in the last couple of years uh, has really been a staple point or a priority in, in my life personally, but also uh, in my pastoral ministry. 
if we're not careful uh, leading a church and pastoring a church, uh, we can sometimes feel more like CEOs than we can shepherds. Uh, especially as the church gets larger, your, your leadership style and leadership demands um, are, are a little bit different. And, um, and to be honest, if we're not careful, sometimes we just feel like we're just keeping balls in the air to kind of keep the machine going. Uh, I found myself at a place like that and I was exhausted. Uh, I was exhausted trying to keep all these balls in the air. I was exhausted trying to keep the, the machine going and really just asking myself some questions of, is this, is this it? Is this what, is this what church is about? Did we, did we do anything today that, uh, that I can look back on and be, be proud of? And uh, just, so just really just kind of wrestling again with some things in my own life and uh, really came across a book. Uh, our staff read a book by Robbie Gallaty, the book called Growing Up, um, and was reading the book and found myself uh, wrestling. Uh, initially, I found myself mad uh, as I was reading the book because I, I look back and I realized growing up in, in a Southern Baptist church, and this is not throwing any sort of shade at anybody, but just that we had programmed everything uh, to, to the hilt. And um, just reading this book and realizing that, you know, when I, I never had the great opportunity for somebody to come alongside of me and, and, and model before me what it was like to pray. Um, you know, hey, here's how I read the Bible, or here's how I interpret Scripture, and here's some, you know, let's walk through that together. And, um, and it just almost was... It was an aha moment, like, oh, yeah, what we should be doing. But again, we replicate what we know. And so oftentimes, if we're not intentional, we just, what we saw as we grew up, what we saw in another church, and that's what I was doing. And um, I was miserable. It was um, unfulfilling. Uh, so we're reading the book, and I just got to think, you know, I can do this. I, I can do this. And I said, but you know, before I ask anybody, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to try it. So I grabbed three other guys that, uh, really didn't know each other and just said, Hey guys, would, uh, would you guys desire to, to kind of journey with me for the next six months to read God's word, to uh, pray together, to memorize scripture, to encourage each other. And I really kind of went like a band of brothers uh, mentality and, and they did. And uh, I, I gotta be honest with you, Brian, it has been one of the most uh, watershed moments or Damascus road moments in my ministry, if you will, because uh I got to see spiritual maturity happening right before my eyes. It, it was exciting and exhilarating and nerve wracking all at the, all at the same time, uh, because you're just thinking, I don't want this to end, but I don't want to mess this up either. And so we got to watch, uh, these men, uh, over this, the, really the year, uh, find, a deeper faith and a deeper love to, to understand what it really wants to be a part of the church and to encourage each other, to, to spur each other on to, to good works and, and growth. And um, that changed me. And, and that just sort of changed not only just me personally, because I wasn't being discipled as well, but it, it changed really sort of a lot of the outlook of, of ministry is that I, I love preaching and I've given, you know, my life to it, uh, but convinced that um, you know, real life change happens through relationships in round circles. And uh, when you get three or four guys together or three or four ladies together and you just do life, nobody's got a program we're trying to walk through, but it's just, hey, here's what the Lord is teaching me and here's, here's what's happening and everybody will speak into that. Uh, man, that, that's exhilarating. I shared with somebody one time, said, I may not always be a preacher. Uh, only God knows that but I'll always give my life uh, to this sort of discipleship. Come on.
That is uh, that is good stuff. Uh, we have started to implement uh, some discipleship groups uh, and uh, seeing some uh, neat things happen uh, yeah. here at Riverbend as well. And I'm I've bought in. I'm, yeah. I'm good stuff. Yeah. Uh, def- desperately needed, definitely needed, and uh, also uh, it's great to to see it uh, flourish as well. Amen. Got two more segments. Uh, Quickly uh, for us today, and uh, one of the segments that uh, we like to call, or I like to call, uh, your faves. <laughs> so, uh, just your favorites. Um, I'm going to ask you five or six, uh, just kind of quick things. But, uh, but your favorite item or favorite items, uh, just kind of get to know uh, Whit Lewis a little more. Sure, sure, go. So, uh, first uh, off is. Uh, what is your favorite meal? If you could have one meal, what, what would it be? Your favorite meal? Man, shrimp and steak. Is there any way that we can have a steak and put some shrimp on top of it? Man, you've got me, uh, uh, you got me rocking and rolling there. So You're coming over to the house. Somewhere You're ready to come to the house. Absolutely. Yes. Okay. Throw, throw some fried okra in there. And, uh, uh, man, I'm, I'm there. I'm All there. Right. Steak, steak and shrimp and fried okra it yeah. is. Uh, what about your uh, favorite sports team? Uh, man, I'm a, uh, you know, obviously we're a college culture. Uh, I don't have many professionals um, around here, but uh, I'm a Bulldog. I'm a Mississippi State Bulldog through and through. Uh, did not go to Mississippi State, went to Mississippi College, played football at Mississippi College, but uh, my dad played football at Mississippi State, so we grew up Mississippi State fans. And uh, uh, so I guess uh, all things Bulldogs. All things Bulldogs. You got like 14 different cowbells? I do have, I think we have four. Yeah. So. Okay, so you make enough racket with them, so we're good. All right, favorite. We, we have we have to limit uh, their their shaking. Oh yes, I, you I, cut out on me. Say it. I said I cannot stand going because of all the noise that they make, and that's. <laughs> yeah, but, and if uh, I wasn't if I was not a state fan, I'd hate it as well. Yes, uh, it's okay. My wife graduated from state. She has her cowbells, and she rings them. Yeah. She, yeah, ring, ring true, ring responsible. There, there we go. Uh, favorite person in history? You can give me the Sunday school answer with Jesus or Paul, but favorite person in history? Oh man! Uh, all right, so if we're going to do the, the the you know the the Sunday school answer, and uh, obviously everybody would say Jesus, uh, and as we should. I'm, I'm not trying to downplay that by any stretch. And, and I'll see him one day. I mean, and I'm grateful for that. Uh, but you know the. The more I think about Nehemiah, I am uh, I love learning leadership from Nehemiah. Uh, I learn love just the tenacity, the the uh, priority. Uh, so Nehemiah would probably be one of my my favorite, uh, and probably on a more personal level, uh, my my daddy's daddy, my grandfather Lewis. Um, as we get older, we begin to appreciate what they were trying to teach us <laughs> when we were younger, but we didn't see it. Uh, so I. I would like, you know, if I had some opportunities to, to just to learn from him some more, uh, I would enjoy that for sure. How about your, uh, your favorite pastime? If you had a day or an afternoon, if there, what, what does uh, Witt like to do if he could do anything? Well, before kids, again, we probably need to preference this like, uh, nice. uh, you, know, a, a, you know, B.C., A.D. sort of deal, okay. uh, these watershed. So before kids, it was fishing. Uh, I grew up wanting to be a professional bass fisherman. Uh, honestly, I wanted to be the next Bill Dance. Yes. And, uh, I, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, Brian. I, I know that, and I'm okay with that. 
But at a very young age, I realized that Bill Dance got paid to go fishing. (laughs) And I just thought to myself, you know what, there are worse things that I I could do. And so I I really thought that uh, that might be an opportunity, but uh, obviously not. So before kids, it was uh, going fishing. Uh, That was my release. That was my getaway. Uh, that was my joy. I don't get to do that as much now. So uh, honestly, man, my favorite pastime now, if, if the kids are taken care of or there's something uh, that I can do, is take a nap. <laughs> Literally, and I don't, I don't say that, uh, just take a nap or, yeah, just enjoy, or, or just enjoy silence. Just a little bit of silence is, is good. I, I enjoy running. Uh, that is kind of crazy. I, I do enjoy running. I have a goal of 500 miles for the year, and so uh, I, I enjoy that. But, yeah, so really probably a nap would be my have you have if you have a goal for uh, 500 miles for the year? Have you surpassed the halfway mark yet? Yes, yes, yeah. I'm I'm, okay. a, I'm on target and actually a little bit ahead, uh, which I'm surprised about. I'm pretty proud that I've even made it this far. <laughs> we are at, at at taping. We are you know toward the uh, middle to the end of July of said year. So yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, you you kind of alluded to this one possibly, but uh, your favorite book in the Bible. So you would think I would say Nehemiah, and because I mentioned Nehemiah, uh, and, and I guess it'd be good. But uh, if I had to kind of boil it down, uh, I love the Psalms, and um, so I just love the raw emotion, real emotion, uh, and the real life that you see. But not only that, the character of God, and just uh, just a lot of life happening uh, in, in the Psalms, and, and really just started praying through the Psalms recently. Donald Whitney had a book called Praying the Bible, been yeah. revolutionary, revolutionary uh, to to uh, my, my prayer life. Uh, so Psalms, uh, and then a New Testament is one I'm preaching through right now at our church, Philippians. Uh, man, I'm just a big fan of, of Philippians and uh, all that we see, the Christology of, of, of Christ in there, but also just to be practical that life is not always fair and fun, but Paul continues to say, rejoice, <laughs> rejoice, choose joy, you know, uh, be excited. And, you know, we begin to look back, peel the onion layers back a little bit and see that, you know, Paul's not really in a favorable situation, but yet he continues to say, because of Christ, I can choose joy. So I would say Psalms and Philippians would be well, you're a typical. You're a typical preacher. Whichever one you're preaching through, that's your favorite. Uh, well, absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, all right. So uh, I'm going to get you out of here on yeah. this question. We kind of uh, like to end on a humorous note. So uh, you don't have to name names. You don't have to name <laughs> but, but uh, was there ever a... Uh, a humorous episode in the ministry that uh, man just sticks out. It's like, yeah, I can tell that on a podcast. Look, there there are probably several, and uh, that and we put should write a book because there's just things I keep thinking about when I was younger. Would I ever tell my preacher this? Uh, you know, and then and oftentimes in my office, even this week, it's been sort of an interesting week, and I found myself two or three times sitting in in the chair listening to people and. In my mind, as I'm praying through, Lord, give me wisdom, and, and but also thinking, am I really hearing? Am I really sitting in here? This ha- really happening, uh, type type stuff. So, uh, and, and they're just across the board uh, kind of deals. Nothing just major. But I will say this: I was thinking about this uh, earlier, and this will this will be safe, but it's, it's quite funny. Um, so I am uh, forty, fixed to be forty-one, but I have worn hearing aids my entire life. Uh, at a young age, um, I lost my hearing or lost a good portion of my hearing 
And so I've worn hearing aids my entire life. And so they're just kind of a part of who I am. And I don't really, really even think about it. But uh, I was with a group of senior adults. Uh, we were in New Albany. We were Hillcrest. We'd gone to a group of senior adults to eat one night, maybe like a Thursday night or something. And I, I don't know. My hearing aid batteries always go out at the most inopportune time. Yeah, they never just, it's never really a good time, but they, they always wait to the most inopportune times. And so we had just sat down and all of a sudden, uh, you know, my, both of my hearing aid batteries are going down. And I just sort of said, I wasn't even talking to anybody. I just said, oh man, my hearing aid's going down. Just sort of out loud and not thinking about where I was, really not even thinking seriously about the context of those around me. And all of a sudden, one of the ladies looked at me. She said, well, what size batteries do you have? And I thought for a second and I began to look and I said, Oh goodness, this might work out. Uh, I said, uh, I said three twelve, and all of a sudden, about two or three began to dig in their pockets, began to look in their purses, and pulled out uh, replacement hearing aid batteries that they had gave to me. And I thought, you know, this is awesome. Here I am, uh, needing some hearing aid batteries. I'm in a group of folks that that had hearing aid batteries, and I'm telling you, they loved it. They loved it. They were able to give their preacher uh, to them, you know, for many of them thinking, here's a, here's a young guy, and I'm able to give him some hearing aid batteries. So much so, like, every just about every time at church, one of the senior adult men was saying, look, I've got some hearing aid batteries. If you ever need them, let me know. And so they would just come up from time to time. That was fun. Uh, that was unique uh, to us. And uh, so that was uh, that was quite humorous and a lot of fun. That's awesome. Uh, with Thank you for uh, joining us on the Accelerator Podcast. Hopefully, just hopefully, um, you have topped the charts. <laughs> we'll have four listeners now that will uh, that will move us forward and, and get us up on top there. Yeah, I, I would say that I would encourage my mom and my wife to listen, but neither one of them care enough. Yeah. Uh, so, nor do uh, Nor do mine. So, yeah. So, yeah, if anything. Well, look, man, I appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. And uh, it's always a blessing for sure. Talk to you soon. Thank you, sir. Thank you, man. We hope that you've been encouraged by today's podcast. For more information on church planning, visit the 242 Network on the web at 242network.com.